At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Right Night is a talk show with published authors, writers, and content creators discussing both the creative and technical sides of writing, as well as the industry surrounding it, from novels to screenplays to comics and more. And now, here's your host, author Travis I. Sivart. Thank you, Cubs. I appreciate that intro. Welcome to Right Night, um, where we do a coffee chat roundtable t- sort of thing. And uh, just so everybody knows, it is an adult show, adult topics, adult language at time. We try to curb it here for anybody who may be of a certain temperament, but it's going to slip. It's going to happen. I'm Travis Sivart. I'm the host and author of books such as Silver and Smith, which here's a quick flash at that, though there is a new cover out there that I'm looking forward to getting a copy of that cover. And this is something I will be talking about tonight because it relates to what I want to talk about, and I'll get more into that shortly. But first, let's let these goons introduce themselves. Why don't we start with the goon in the uh, right-hand side of the screen, Michael? What's up, everybody? My name's Michael Thompson. I'm an independent author and illustrator. One of my books is Winslow Hoffner's Incredible Encounters, Folkloric Fantasy on the High Seas, Cryptid, Sea Monsters, Epic Urban Legends, A Few of Beheld. But there's one man who's seen them all, the gallant fisherman Winslow Hoffner. And he's regaling his tales of epic adventure to a couple of journalists who discover their small harbor towns harboring incredible secrets. You check it out on michaelthompsonbooks.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N books. <laughs> Com. Well, cut done. out, cut out the part where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Two quick questions: Do you have an approximate launch date for the audiobook? Uh, that is that is totally at the whim of uh, ACX right now. Okay. Um, but the but I am aiming for very early in the new year for the very exciting sequel. There we uh, go. To Winslow Hoffner's Encounters, yet titled question. or yet to be uh, officially uh, spoken of, but. There you go. <laughs> exclusive, right? Not exclusive. And Aaron? Hi, uh, I'm Aaron Kennedy, uh, author of Persona Non Grata, the first of the Ships of Valor book series. I've uh, been a technical writer for 25 years, currently working on the Icarus Black young adult uh, sci-fi pulp series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I like Very how you exciting. put book series so nobody confuses it with the movie or TV series. Uh, forthcoming, forthcoming. <laughs> always hope, right? That's right. <clears throat> okay, mm-hmm. so tonight I really want to talk about, you know what, I, I don't know if I, I didn't write it all down. So what was the first thing on the list, gentlemen? Researching uh, the genre. Researching your genre. Okay. Yeah. So my genre that I've been working on is cyberpunk. And cyberpunk. I know each of you have like unique genres that you want to talk about. Um but with me for cyberpunk, it's not a complete cyberpunk book that I'm writing. It is. Can I ask you something? Yeah. I've never heard what the definition of cyberpunk is. Okay. I'm assuming it's like steampunk, but more cybery. Correct. Yeah. If you imagine <laughs> tech punk, 
Okay. So <laughs> kind of down and dirty, nitty gritty. This was popular in the 90s when goth was coming up. <clears throat> um, there was a game, a tabletop role-playing game called Cyberpunk. Shadowrun followed thereafter, which took that futuristic world with the technology and mixed in orcs and elves, kind of like Bright that came out oh. on Netflix. Yeah, okay. Uh, very Matrix, uh, very... Uh, Johnny uh, Mnemonic. What is it? Johnny Mnemonic. Not familiar with Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, great Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, Keanu. I like Keanu. Everybody likes Keanu. <laughs> Which, by the way, I did recently reread Bram Stoker's Dracula via audiobook, and it was narrated by Alan mm-hmm. Cummings, <clears throat> who you'll know the voice, but not necessarily the face, Tim Curry, and a full cast. It was so oh. much more interesting than reading it off the page. Um, they did a it's good, like an audio drama. It, yes. Well, the mm-hmm. the cool part about that book is it's all done via letters and journals and things like that. It's one of those. It's kind of a captured format. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than one person telling it in either a first person or a third person narrative format, mm-hmm. we're capturing it as more that modern feel um, of, oh, these letters have been sent, and then it's all journalized from there. So your uh, your Game of Thrones series, uh, whereas they it has the headers of, oh, this is from Arya's perspective, or it's from whoever's perspective, it has a ca- kind of that feel. He kind of captured it from Bram Stoker. Wow. <laughs> and... Um... <clears throat> Hold on. Nope. Totally lost it. Moving on with what I want to talk about then. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's, I'm, <laughs> ah! I'm sure it'll pop back to me. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, oh, by the way, I felt like the movie that was made with Keanu, that's where I came up at. This is what I forgot. Now I remember again. Uh, followed it pretty oh, well. Yeah. Till I popped the movie in last night and went, oh, wow. So different. Hmm. It kind of has the gist right it's like better than any other version but still very far off from the book it's uh, thematically the same but visually different it's kind of like the harry potter stuff right you, you kind of get the beats right well, but it's just not quite there also the movie humanized dracula in that his motivation was love <clears throat> dracula's motivation is not love he's evil He's a bad creature. He's out for one reason, to survive and thrive. And he hit a wall where he was, and he's relocating to the modern world. And this is not his story. This is the story about everybody else's lives who he's affecting. Mm. He wasn't in love with Mina. He didn't want to hook up with her. He didn't. She didn't remind him of his dead wife. It had nothing to do with love. Please... If we have a monster, we don't need to put a damn love story in to make him relatable. Let him be the unassailable evil that's above and beyond everything else. Oh, by the way, I wanted to also say, for Aaron's books, if anybody wants to check out Aaron's book on Amazon, go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Aaron Kennedy, A-A-R-O-N, Kennedy, like the deceased president, unless Dracula got to him. And for my books... (laughs) At bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Travis Books. Okay, yeah, we forgot to do that. We See, Michael's so good at it, we always forget. 
<laughs> you still there, Aaron? I'm still here. Okay. You just weren't making noise. I want to make sure. Um, okay, so cyberpunk is what I'm looking at, but it's not quite cyberpunk. It's like cyberpunk noir. So 20 to 30 oh, years in the future. That. I want that 20s, 30s, action PI, that Indiana Jones type feel where it's futuristic, yeah. but it has a large element of a repeating past in it. Yes, Aaron? Okay, so you want the, you want a, you want the cross genre, you you want the the mixed feel. Yeah, mm. and my concerns here is okay. how do I okay. build that is my biggest concern. Well, I mean, there's some great cross genre type things that happen here. Like Steve Martin did a great uh, comedy noir, uh, <laughs> Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Well, no, no, I, and I, I like to use these contrasting examples because it's one of those they're there because uh, you can see how people can mix things in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. um, Indiana Jones is uh, adventure pulp with a noir feel. Right. Um, shoot, uh, action comedy, The Mummy is a great action comedy, so is Fifth Element. That's that's space opera comedy. Right. It's a satire of space, uh, space opera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we can get those kind of things, and we're talking about cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Bringing your Johnny Mnemonic, it it's a good movie, but it never transcends. People don't remember it because ah, it's a By good way, representation, but nobody remembers it. Do you remember what Johnny Mnemonic was based off of? Uh, it is one of the uh, William Gibson. Oh shoot! Yep, well, thank you. Uh, same guy that did uh, do uh, do Androids Dream of Electric right. Sheep uh, or friggin' um, shoot Blade uh, Runner. Yeah, the other one. Yes, thank you. What was it? Blade Runner and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep are the yes. same yeah. novel, but they're not they're different stories. He's kind of the mm -hmm. forefather of cyberpunk. And he wrote Absolutely. I want to say in the sixties and seventies mostly. Um, uh still writing. Is he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good timing because you got the cyberpunk game coming out, which Keanu is in the commercials for. Yeah. To bring it full circle. <laughs> and that's that's one reason why I went, you know, let's focus on this book next and try to move into that. Um, and besides other elements in the book that I'll talk about, I'm sure at some point in time, you know what I totally forgot to do? I totally forgot to, uh, what is everybody reading or writing project in chat? And just so chat knows, we are recording a live podcast right now. So it is an ask me anything format. Feel free to throw your questions, comments, or advice into the chat and we'll divert to it as long as it's entertaining or relevant, and bo hopefully both. Um, and those on the podcast, we do have a live chat audience that is interacting with us, so you might he hear certain uh, noises. Um, you might hear okay. this sound of us trying to get attention. And, uh, oh, that don't forget to check out the other podcasts, such as Stealing for Survival and Talk of the Tavern. I am just all over the place. Well, you know what? Let's use yours as an example, okay? Because mm -hmm. let, let's take the classic one, uh, the kind of that cross-genre uh, look, feel, things like that. Okay, you got your Star Wars. Star Wars, at first glance, appears to be a sci-fi movie, okay? It's really a Western in a sci-fi setting. Uh, or high fantasy. I, yeah, I would think of it, I think of it as fantasy. But Western uh, it, it, did take well, a lot from fantasy. 
<laughs> it's got space wizards. No, yeah. but I mean, but when you remove all the sci-fi elements, it's a Western. Mm-hmm. It's written as a Western. Okay. Okay. Hans Solo is a friggin' outlaw gunslinger. Definitely Thank you Han for the Solo, bits. Yeah. Appreciate that, Tracy. Here's to you. Woo-hoo! Carry on, Aaron. But, but we're ta- we're talking about we're talking about it's written as a Western. Yeah. Um, kind of you got your you got your sheriff, you got your governor, you got all these kind of guys running around. Uh, they're wielding blasters. You got this ancient religion where they're using swords instead of something not so uh, not so refined as a blaster. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, so. Take that with yours. What are we looking at as we apply that to the Silver and Smith series? See, and that's mm. what I'm looking for is how do I build this? Cyberpunk is one thing, but there's got to be other genres since you can't just go on Amazon when you self-publish and go, hey, here's a genre I made up, which wouldn't do any good anyway because nobody knows to search for it. And, Michael, this kind of relates <laughs> to Winslow and mm-hmm. your yeah. um, topic. Folkloric fan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, yeah, I had, uh, so I'm, Winslow Winslow's in a pretty niche genre on uh, the closest genre to uh, what Winslow is on Amazon was uh, sea stories, which I think is appropriate. Um, but this is uh, sea stories with cryptozoology mixed in. And so I had to sort of come up with uh, my own genre. And this was for like the marketing side of it. Like I was thinking to myself as the book was get as the first book was getting ready to come out, I was thinking to myself, how am I going to market this? What am I going to tell people that uh, this is when they're at my table? And so right. I came up with folkloric fantasy uh, to describe it. And that's what I'm looking at is how do I build this? Now, talking to somebody, it's one thing. But when mm-hmm. you're trying to market it, and it's easy enough on social yeah. media, you could just put whatever you want and people are like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Or like on my website, yeah, right. I call it folkloric but it's not going to fit in necessarily uh, in a web search in a web search. Yeah. So you got to Yeah. You got to think about what's the most searchable terms. I think cyberpunk is pretty searchable now, but then you also have the game game cyberpunk and stuff that, you know, I think cyberpunk noir is a good Mm -hmm. start. When you said that my antenna went up, I'm like, Ooh, that sounds, that sounds cool. You know, I think that's sort of the key with, with pitching and with, uh, genres is that you want to create something that that immediately sounds cool so you you got that you want to you want to sound cool but the thing that you also want to do is you want when you're doing a web search on the opposite side it's got to narrow down enough to where you're not getting flooded with information right Uh, when i was in the marine corps i was part of an information management team Mm -hmm. one of the big things that you run into is the filter if the filter is too big you get flooded with too much information that's why i'm doing a marketing and and the in your searches Exactly. Um, but I'm also taking a friggin' uh, doctoral level friggin' marketing class right now um, in mar- so mar- market positioning. Uh, so what we got here is we've got this big, big thing. And if we just say cyberpunk, cyberpunk means something. It, yeah. it means a big group uh, within the sci-fi realm. And we want to narrow that. We want to niche market, um, which is great. Uh, but cyberpunk noir, that that can narrow it down and bring you directly to what you want it to be. Kind of like in the Twitter universe where a hashtag tailored to something you want. You want them, if they go type in cyberpunk noir, it brings it to you and maybe a couple 
other things that is going to relate directly to you. You know, I'm going to do something I don't um, normally do on the live show. I'm going to pull up my social media right now, and I'm going to go oh, yeah, here yeah. to Instagram, which is famous for hashtags, and I'm going to type in Cyberpunk Noir and see if anything Yeah, and those for that are over 40 like myself, we call them pound signs, uh, much like friggin' George Takei uh, does. Pound me hard, baby. <laughs> And by the way, there is a hashtag, less than 100 entries. And I tell you what, looking at what I'm seeing here, I'm okay with being associated with the images I'm seeing here. Nice. Especially if it grows. Well, I really like, wow. Hey, how you doing? Oh, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> it's okay. That was a very good picture. Um, I'll leave that up and look at it later. Uh, not that picture alone, just... <laughs> Um, Aaron. Well, that picture alone, but <laughs> alone, alone, <laughs> not not <laughs> right, right. In a group, um, <laughs> uh, on his private Patreon stream alone. <laughs> the tavern's OnlyFans <laughs> <laughs> for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> okay, you were saying though, Travis. Sorry, I'm, I'm in a different market <laughs> position right now. Um, <laughs> yes, Aaron, you Sir. have. Young adult sci-fi pulp in the new series you're yes. working on. So you're kind of in yes, the yes, same yes. boat of us where you want something in a core genre that's easily recognizable and well-known, but you uh -huh. want to refine it and spin it so it's unique to you and what you're doing. So we're all kind of in the same boat with the next books we're working on. Uh, right. Okay. So what I was looking at is uh, – Kind of my core genre is sci what, what I like is sci-fi. I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. They're Paul. They're both. They're the same thing. It's just whether or not you're going to the past or going to the future. Pretty um, much, yeah. Uh, Star Wars is the prime example there. The, uh, it's a fantasy. There are tropes in sci-fi where you explore humanity and fantasy. Uh, right. You tend, but yeah. So there's differences, but there's a lot of very. Intricate. There's a reason parallels. they're grouped together in a bookstore. Right. Yeah. I right. like to think of it as like magic versus technology. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. any technology advanced enough will look like magic. Oh, yeah. Here's a fun fact. In Portals 3 that I just finished writing, it's with the editor right now. Congratulations. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, there are five uh, types Check of her out. Hmm? Check Tara, uh, Tara out at friggin' uh, Dreampunk. DreamPunkPress.com, yeah. It's, uh, but in this, the fifth type of magic in that world is alchemy, and it's always been the weakest one. In this book, mm. that alchemist was creating essentially tasers, light bulbs, firearms, and other things. But it was using the alchem alchemic formula that his magic of ritual and study brought forth yeah. to do these things. So Very cool. I'm hoping that hits well. And I've seen other books do it back in the 80s. Well, one series of mine in particular, and I can't even remember the name of the series. But it doesn't matter. Aaron, you were saying. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking at the sci-fi. Persona non grata, okay, the Ships of Our book series takes place in this sci-fi universe. When I did uh, Persona non grata, it takes a older protagonist, uh, Ari Gadsden. Mm -hmm. um, Gadsden, two Ds in there. Um so like Bob with I was two like, O's. you know what? I want to do, huh? It's like Bob with two O's. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, 
So we got that. Well, I wanted to do Icarus Black. That's a great name, by the way. Uh, but it's a younger, a younger protagonist. And I was like, okay, let's make this a young adult novel in the vein of Harry Harrison. Your, your, your um, stainless steel, your, uh, stainless steel, exactly stainless steel rat series, but also the Highland Juvenile novels. Um, there's some great one, Podcane of Mars, uh, the Rolling Stones, that vein. Um, Quick tangent. Sir. Notice we no longer use the word juvenile because now it's associated with teen crime. Whereas we used to say juvenile no uh, novels and we'd have juvenile, mm -hmm. but now juvenile is infantile or immature behavior. Or yeah. juvenile sounds younger. Yeah. 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 But that, and the reason I use that is because that is what he, his yes. set of yeah. books was known as. It's, but now um, it's known as so, young adult. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same yep. thing though. Uh, so I want to recreate that kind of vein. Uh, they just don't exist in sci-fi anymore, for the most part. Uh, there are some. Uh, you're mocking. Uh, you're mocking Jays uh, mm -hmm. are there, um, but it's it's an underrepresented market. But in fantasy, they're all over the damn place. Yeah, true. Um, but in sci-fi, they're not. Um, and I was like, you know what? We have an oh. Within that same greater umbrella, we have an overrepresentation of males. So I said, you know what? Icarus Black, woman protagonist, or young woman protagonist. Um, I touched base with Tara, bounced a couple ideas off her. Uh, she's on board. Uh, she will be my editor for this series as well. Uh, right. Dreampunk Press, by the way. Uh, so we're working on we're working through that one. I decided, you know what? We're going to do this as a Harry Potter in space kind of concept. Um, nine novels, one book per year kind of setup, or one book per uh, year of life series. That's where we're going from that. So I we're see, going from, I got you. Okay. Yeah, so years, age 11 and 12, going all the way up to about 21. And that's where we're going to go with it. And what an that's, interesting, like, what an interesting uh, big, big project, you know? And Tis the season for those irresistible ginger thins, cozy blankets for cuddling by the fire, and making home warm and welcoming. For one-stop holiday shopping, visit your local IKEA or ikea-usa.com slash holiday. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe! I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. Yeah. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings every time you go. Field trip! Home sense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. I hope so. And, and like the and, and the change of the character across those years is going to be so interesting. That's something. That's what I'm hoping. I really yeah. appreciated about Harry Potter is the character got more complex, the situations got more complex, the storyline got more complex, and the books got bigger as Harry aged. Now, anything else yes. said about the series, positive or negative, I was impressed and pleased with that because. I had two children of that age as they were being published. So they kind of got to grow with Harry. That's cool. Go no, and one of the, so I've got those, I've got that major theme arc that I'm going on there. But one of the things that I wanted to do in there is, well, we're dealing with the, one of the classic kind of orphan alone tropes. 
of tying in Maslow's hierarchy of needs with it, uh, where you start off at basic survival needs. I need food, I need shelter, I need sleep, that kind of things. And I'm working my way up. Well, as we deal with in the first novel, she's finding food and shelter. Um, she's dealing with those needs. As we deal, when we get towards the upper books, we're dealing with self-fulfillment needs. Good. So you're yeah. working your way up as an adult. Exactly. So I want to hit those those beats. Yeah, that's a cool structure. So to clarify, like Icarus Black is female, correct? Yes. Okay, see, from previous conversations, uh, I thought you had... One second. Uh, Icarus Black, young woman, female, uh, and ter- modern terminology, things like that. Yes, sex is female, Icarus Black, young woman, because we are modern and we are not right. going to clarify a character based on their sex. We're going to use the gendered terms instead. Okay. Well. Oh. I know, I know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just the, the way terms changed so much in the past handful of years. That's all, and continuing changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So we've got all and this. and and the and this terminology is important to the story. Okay. With all this that we have with our different series and books, how do we go about marketing? these genres are we looking to latch on to a larger genre and drag the smaller one behind it are we looking to create our own are we looking to hit that secondary genre which perhaps for michael is folklore for aaron would be um i guess pulp would be the secondary genre and for me noir and pull in the people with the larger genre interest into that which way are we going at it and i don't I think have it's an all answer. of the above yeah, okay. all of the above but it's all of the above i think like i definitely might like my first my first uh my first instinct is always trailblaze you know <laughs> because mm-hmm. i, I want to make something new and um or like the coolest sounding uh thing and I like the I like the experience of like saying oh, oh it's folkloric fantasy and then and then saying like oh, okay and so See, people cyberpunk, are like oh that sounds like a thing with cyberpunk you know? noir so, I love having them start out in the high tech world and then they go yes. to the broken ruins of the past and they go to the jungles right. and yeah. these other places that aren't quite that level of technology and the technology is almost removed from the equation and they have to go back to the basics yeah but in terms of like you know marketing like finding your genres on on amazon or any other site where you host your books uh you gotta work with what's already pre-established so so whatever categories are there so you got you got to find whatever like closely resembles um your stuff and and be as uh, specific as you can like so i have sea stories for winslow and I was looking, for instance, like there's cryptids are involved in in the Winslow series. So I was searching other books and seeing what uh, books involving cryptids are are uh, uh, organized under. But interestingly enough, is that anything usually anything involving cryptids is sort of like a nonfiction. Like these are the stories that people tell and they're organized under a genre, which I think is called like unsolved mysteries or something like that. Um, Sometimes there's like UFO and 
something conspiracy something i don't know um <laughs> but for for mine for it's fiction so uh it's fiction and it's involving these creatures and it doesn't have that yet but what i did find was dragons and mythical creatures so i think of cryptozoology as modern mythology um so i'm like that'll work we got gambo the fire breathing fish and that's sort of a dragon <laughs> we'll go with that so you got to work with what's what's there as well show the cover again michael sure of book one yeah so looking at that right there, the one on the right-hand side, which would be Michael's left, um, yeah, that definitely looks draconic. Yeah, yeah, so it's draconic. I think it fits well. I love that cover, man. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. He did, the, he did that cover. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I painted this. took about 80 hours. I got some, I got some real exciting uh, stuff that I can't wait to... Can't wait to share. Uh, the illustrations are all done for book two, Ooh. and I'm working on the cover now. So we have, and I decided that um, in terms of uh, in terms of like the shape of the cover, cover like for this one we have a column of monsters surging upward, right? And so for the second one, I want a spiral of monsters going around. Okay, nice. So I have a different directionality uh, for these like sort of living collages of of the of the stories. Um, on the cover. So maybe an overhead shot of the water? Yeah, that, that's, that's uh, well, it's not an overhead shot. It's still, it's still like, you're sort of at, you're a little bit closer. Like Winslow's, Winslow's actually very small on this cover. He's right here. So we're it's more of a medium shot. And then the creatures and, and, uh, and you'll, you'll see, you'll see soon enough. Um, the creatures are sort of like arcing around and, and they're all sort of pointing inward at him, but they're arcing around. So Is it's there a Bigfoot with a snorkel? flippers that would be cool (laughs) he wanted in now Aaron did you have something to say there because about how you want to take it when you start publishing sorry I missed that last of words how you want to take it when you start publishing what angle are you looking at for yours well okay so a couple things I'm looking at is one you got that greater genre people are always going to be looking for sci-fi and there's the benefit of books is we're non-competitive um, for the most part. People can read a book, and it doesn't prevent them from reading another book, which is great. But people are always looking for a specific kind of area. Like, I like the comedy books. I like your Tom Holtz, uh, your Christopher uh, Moore. Christopher Moores, uh, your Terry Pratchett's. I like that realm. So... Um, there are other people that like the books that are published by Dream Pro, uh, Dream Press. So they're constant, they're looking at theirs and going, Oh, I love this one. So they're going to be looking for more from the same kind of people. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to pop, 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 pop. So me being public, you being published by them, uh, what is it? Uh, my buddy is a, uh, zombie. Mm-hmm. I think it's published Actually, on that. Actually, Silver and Smith is Dream Punk Press. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe I, I was up on there. Uh, she happens to have a, uh, your, uh, right. your two pack, uh, on her site at the moment. Uh, right. That's the only reason I mentioned that one, but yes, she's got a few of theirs on there. So they, they see that and they go, Oh, let me move on to the next ones that happen to be out there. By the way, I believe I finally found an artist for kids of monsters. The third book in the kids of monsters series, uh, monsters. After oh, nice. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yep. So they'll they'll see things that are there and then they move on to this one and it's those subgenres that they 
people just devour mm-hmm. and they're yeah. constantly looking for more. So not only do I want to hit that big market of, oh, sci-fi, and they happen to trip onto mine, but they're going to work down that list. And we were talking off show about like Brandon Sanderson and his, the guys that liked Robert Jordan uh, through his death, they ended up picking up Brandon Sanderson and working down the chain of his stuff. Right. Uh, thing, guys that like Neil Gaiman ended up liking Terry Pratchett because they had a collaboration. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm the kind of guy that if, hey, if you like my work, you're going to love Robert Heinlein. You're going to love Harry Harrison because that's the style that I kind of like uh, yeah, or that I kind of like. Spider Robinson, too. Hmm? Spider Robinson also. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Spider Robinson actually uh, did the working notes of one of uh, Heinlein's last books. Did he? Okay. He did. It's, uh... So what I'm seeing here is to fix what I'm concerned about. Maybe I'll add sci-fi. Uh, there is a possibility of adding dystopian. Mm-hmm. Um and other subgenres like that to the cyberpunk and seeing mm-hmm. what I can get when people... Oh, here's another great way. When you're publishing your book, especially if you're self-publishing, or even if you're not, in the description, in the blurb you put on whatever online website where you're selling it, include your keywords. Michael, include folkloric fantasy. Aaron, include sci-fi pulp. Um, for me, the cyberpunk noir. That way, as people search for keywords, it's there. Yeah. Yep. That's very important. That's very important to remember. Well, you have, like, if you're uploading to Amazon, you have a, a few little blocks that you can enter in um, beyond just the synopsis. There's the about the author, which is separate from your, like, author page about the author. Each book can have its own about the author. Right. And then from the back of the book and from the author. So, you can you can drop those uh, searchable terms into those little blurbs uh, beyond the synopsis as well. Well, uh, in technical writing, uh, technical and scholarly writing, we always have our little keyword blurb, uh, the things that we're actually looking for, and we also have the abstract section, uh, the right. thing that almost emulates the introduction. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to want to say, "Hey, this article is about such and such," and then you've got the keyword that hits the marketing, business, blah, 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 blah. The big, the very niche things that you're trying to do so that they can actually find it when they're doing a Google search. Right. Yeah. Um, something else that's yeah. worth mentioning is when you're putting in keywords in Amazon, they give you 10 spots, I think. You can add multiple keywords separated by commas there. Yes. So, And you can, um, in terms of uh, genre or uh, on Amazon, it's called category. You can, you can call them up and add more than, uh, more than the, you know, default view uh, initially allows. I think you can have up to 10 categories, but I think you can only enter three and you either have to call them or write them an email with the path and the path. If you want to find what the path is, then you can like look at other books that are like yours. Like we were talking about earlier in your genre and you can click. That's one way to get to it. Um, and depending on how specific you are, it's like, it's like books, fiction, you know, and these are separated by little arrows, um, sci-fi, UFO, etc. Right. Which is yeah. a great way to get researching the market for a few things. Um, 
where mm-hmm. that genre is, as Michael was mentioning, what other books similar to yours or authors similar to you and your mm-hmm. style, their categories slash genre, um, as well as checking and seeing what genres are hot and selling right now, going to their top hundred sellers. Now, there's yeah. some things you're always going to see. You're always going to see Harry Potter there. You're always going to see Tolkien there. You're always going to see 1984 by George Orwell there. You're always going to see some Stephen King, some Dean Koontz, and some romance. Mm-hmm. But go find the stuff like yours and find out what those categories slash genres are so you can add those in. Um, That's a good suggestion. Yeah, it's... Because, again, once you figure out... You also got to be careful of what's saturated, too, though. That's true. True. That's very true, but what's saturated now might not be saturated in five years. So if you're doing the 10 categories on Amazon... Oh, yeah. To yeah. use one of them. And also look at, if you're doing fantasy, there's no reason you shouldn't include uh, Swords and Sorcery, Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing games, that mm-hmm. sort of thing is a viable thing, especially if you're doing something like portals where they're coming from this world into the medieval fantasy world. Um, well, and on on that note, for again, take a look at what's out there, but what what movies are also coming out in the next couple years? That's Ooh. true. Um, because as movies come out, demand for books in the same genre come out. That is so, very astute. Um, it's very no, actually, that is well, very no. cyclical because you'll see the book market glut with a certain genre and three to five years later, the movie market gluts with that genre. Yeah. Yes. Well, so you're the, adapting the books, yeah. Well, they, they adapt the best books of the right. of that market yeah, you had to the movies. Sort of uh, go through that when The Hunger Games uh, came out and then you had the, what was it, The Maze Runner. Right. And mm-hmm. you had Urgent. Right. And well, and the young adult and series that, ends it up was like Twilight and all the vampires and all the, you know, paranormal romance and stuff. What were you going to say, Aaron? Oh, but I mean, you also see the the cycles of, oh, OK, we'll have our vampire group hit and then the vampire book drops right. like a stone. Right. At the same time with the book. So, oh, if you happen to be writing a vampire novel while the height of the vampire movies going out hold off on release during that time wait until that kind of fades away yeah it's so, hard to, it's hard to time though you know and oh it's absolutely like, that's why you never want to like chase trends like you know too at much. least at least not too hard at least yeah. always be writing something that you really like and then be aware you of know the and then hopefully it up. or or you could even you know well i mean first. Yeah. That, that's something that I kind of ran into with the second of the uh, Persona Non Gratas. It was called Politicus. There are themes mm. that happened, uh, and similar themes happened, or similar plot points happened um, in popular television. I'm like, well, I can't use this now. I can't use this. They were just too similar to things that were being released at the same time. Right. I just wow. had to kind of ride it out. I'm like, I can't do that. No, it was yeah. just big stuff. I'm like, on the other hand, when the pandemic hit, there were books that came out two years ago or even 15 years ago that suddenly shot to the top of the charts. They kind of oh, yeah. track the same thing. And that's something else to watch is if you put out a vampire book right now and it's not doing anything, wait seven years. 
when that movie cycle of vampires come back, go change your cover, change your description, update right. your category slash genres. So you're not going change the title. <laughs> well, then you have to unpublish and republish. And there is problems with that because mm-hmm. it will track because Amazon doesn't actually remove the old book. It's just out of print now. So they still, if they basically run their bot through it and go, these are all the same words as this book that's no longer published, you can't put it out as a new title. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know when you got you got separate editions. One thing I like about I, I like a nice clean author as, as clean as possible for uh, the in, in terms of Amazon, a nice clean author page. Have all the books lined up there. I got I, I'm spread across two author pages now on account of the original three Chicken Boy. Which I wrote under Mike Thompson instead of Michael Thompson, um, but uh, on account of uh, the websites becoming too expensive to have multiple websites, I synthesized everything under Michael Thompson, and it lines up okay because I want to reformat Chicken Boy. Right. So I'm gonna have Chicken Boy one, two, and three come out with brand new covers and in a whole new size and format. Very good, very good, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's something you can go change. You have to write them to change the author name. But it can be mm. done. It's not something you mm. generally do. It's a. It's an hello to a word of win, my moderator who is basically nomming along. I think he had a orange <laughs> chicken tonight. How was your curry oh. chicken, Aaron? It was good. Nom the hell out of it. <laughs> nice. I had chicken as well. It was baked chicken though, Ooh, and some it. lovely asparagus. <laughs> it's I. I had beef. Um, we have about five more minutes, so we're heading for the wrap-up. Um, any more questions that we want to address about this? Or no. Closing um, thoughts? I feel pretty good. I think um, I think for me, it's uh, my takeaway is that it's always good to cast a wide a wide net. You have your wide net, and then you have your uh, and then you have your smaller. Net, I don't know. The, my well, no, no, okay. <laughs> using, uh, you, using Winslow, okay. You're going out there to friggin' catch. Yes. Specific types of fish. We're going crab fishing. You put out the thing there. Oh, I happen to catch a tuna. No big I'm deal. Tuna, yeah. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get from Unless my boiler. Unless you've seen a tuna <laughs> fit into a it? crab trap. Oh my god. <laughs> a tuna in a crab. That would be crazy because that's like a cage. That would be. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, go go wide and go niche. Yeah. No, well, you know what uh, you know what imitation crab is made out of, right? Fish. It's fish. Oh. Yeah, it's fish. Imitation crab is made out of fish. Look, a I caught a crab. Sugar, right? They put a bunch of sugar in it, I think. Hmm. Make it taste. Crab, <laughs> crab, crab, fish. Ah, you're imitation crab today. And here's what I'll say as we wrap this up. Uh, don't forget, guys. You can. Email us at rightnightshow at gmail.com. That's right, W-R-I-T-E, night, N-I-G-H-T, just like the show title, rightnightshow at gmail.com, with your questions or comments. If you have something you want us to give some thoughts on, feel free to drop us a line there. Uh, don't forget to support the other podcasts, Talk of the Tavern and Stealing First File. Talk of the Tavern is toast, topics, and tangents. A lot of fun, very laid back. And uh, Stealing for Survival is the medieval fantasy role-playing game set in the same world that I write Portals and the Downfall series in. Hold on, i got a cat creeping past, so it will be slightly <laughs> muted as it 
passes in front of the mic. That's microphone. Awesome. It's not Michael. Um, also, I want to thank everybody like Tracy who threw bits, everybody who subscribed Woo! and hung out with us tonight, uh, people who hosted, raided, and picked up merchandise, our supporters on Patreon as well as PayPal, and our, our mods, and most of all the people who just hung out in chat, chit-chatting with us during the broadcast. Much appreciated. We are going to head out of here, and we will catch you on the next right night. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>'Tis the season for those irresistible ginger thins, cozy blankets for cuddling by the fire, and making home warm and welcoming. For one-stop holiday shopping, visit your local IKEA or ikea-usa.com/holiday.